1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Walkie Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy?
0: I can't believe we're here. It's it's Bucks opener eve, Eric. I feel like for the <laughs> last like two months I've been saying stuff like, oh, we're we'll one day closer to the season. And oh, you know, some random thing that doesn't count as an g- actual game is upon us now what there is actually a game upon us so I can like stop doing that because the season is here and um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 here. And I feel like this, you know um, y- you're now you're now a, a, a grown up like re- traveling beat writer. You're not just like a local <laughs> beat writer guy. So yeah. you were just telling me about your travel plans. I think I think we should um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I mean, you may not think it's interesting, but um, I think it's a, an interesting topic. Like as we record the season, to just sort of give people some insight into kind of the the day in the life stuff that you're going to see here, as uh, as you have to now travel with the team. So um, I know sure. you're you're heading out on a flight super early tomorrow morning from Milwaukee to Charlotte, uh, and then um, you're going to have to leave probably what early next day, I guess. Um, yep. So uh, yeah, uh, we often I often am talking to you from uh, places that are not home, and now uh, I guess. <laughs> that, that may be the case for both of us. So um, the the beauty of uh, of modern telecommunications, I guess, uh, making this podcast happen.
1: Yeah, we're going to have some fun with it. And uh, I, I know it was, Matt was joking about this last year. Uh, Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, our good friend. And uh, he had said that like a month or two in, I can't remember, maybe it was more than that. But uh, he, he was on the road somewhere and he said that he just like walked into a shoot around Looked ragged, and Delhi was like, "How you doing, mate?" And he was just like, "I'm here, man. Like, uh, I don't know." And then he was like, "Yeah." Delhi was just like, "How do you do this? Like, how, how do you do commercial flights?" Like. <laughs> He's like, I just get on a plane after the game and we, we fly and you are like doing layovers and (laughs) like trying to find out how you're going to get to these games on time and figuring out all this stuff. He's like, it's like, I can't even believe like you guys do this stuff. So, um, as we do day in the life stuff, just wait for like two months down the road where I just want to destroy everything and not record the podcast because it's definitely coming because I will be miserable um, at some point. But it, it was just funny to hear like Delhi thinking about like, man, how do you do this? Uh, and just kind of the difference between, you know, being a beat writer who is going to be on a, on a Delta flight uh, in the morning and the, the the bucks who took their charter plane to Charlotte earlier today, and they'll be hanging out in the hotel tonight and all ready to go the next day. And then they'll take a flight that night, but they'll go straight to the straight to the runway and hop on the jet and be home so it it is going to be it's going to be different it'll be fun uh we should be able to have a good time with that um anything in the first game that you're like thinking about frank um i know i i have a piece coming up here at the athletic wisconsin today um because this will come out on wednesday but i have an article coming out about you know uh how real the the buck shooting threes are because it feels like everything like every interview that i do somewhere that's kind of the question that gets asked. Like, you know, what's the thing that really sticks out with the bucks or, you know, are the bucks really going to shoot this many threes? And it's like, yeah, I, I think they are. Um, Mike Budenholzer doesn't seem like the the kind of guy that's just going to try something out for shits and giggles uh, during the preseason and then not have that be kind of the basis of their offense. And, and I mean, maybe it gets toned down a little bit uh, with the threes, but even that, I don't know that I, I necessarily expect that. Like, I, I guess for me, that's kind of one of the one of the bigger questions going into this upcoming season is, you know, will this team end up shooting a bunch of threes like, like we kind of think they will.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, again, I, I, I'd even think about it more on a more basic level. Right. I mean, I think, you know, certainly we talked about the offense and defense and, you know, how real, um, our, our improvements going to be. And so obviously this is, you know, the first test test of that. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I think really it's it's even just more basic than that, right? I mean, the Bucks have been a team that just struggles to go into places when they're playing like a decent team on the road and just like inflict their will, right? I mean, we've we've seen that happen from time to time um, over the last couple of years, but you never, again, you, I mean, it's a phrase I haven't said in a long time, but ultimately like never trust the Bucks was sort of, you know, the, the MO that we that we approached games with. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the the big question for this year. Can, can we, you know, can we get to the point where we actually trust the Bucks? And um, I don't think you can say that based on a, a, a preseason, uh, anything in preseason, <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know, now that the season is starting, you know, they can go in and again they're supposed to be better than the hornets now they're on the road right um, but the hornets have a new coach the bucks have a new coach um, you know both teams have had some moving parts I guess uh, so you know again like if if you want to be a top four seed or threaten Philly for a top three seed you're gonna have to start winning these games consistently right and and you know again um, probably at this point you know pretty much any type of win will do but uh, again I think over time you know if you bought the bucks to become a legitimately good 50 win style team, then, um, you know, hopefully they're going to be a team that can go out and actually regularly, you know, kick ass. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, that's, you know, saying, Oh, like they go in and crush the Hornets. I don't know. I mean, the Hornets had a perfectly decent preseason. Um, I don't think they're obviously going to be a bad team. I think uh, they have a good chance to be a playoff team this year. Um, but yeah, just trying to figure out like, you know, okay. Like, what, you know, is the offense going to look really good? Is the defense going to look okay? Is, you know, how what's the push and pull going <laughs> to be? And it's, it's just one game, but, but obviously, you know, I think the main thing is, especially offensively, I just hope that kind of the confidence and momentum that they built during the preseason, I think that's probably the main thing. I, I just really hope we see carry over and, you know, you hope that you don't see kind of them backsliding into, oh, well, you know, it's the regular season, so we can't shoot 43. So we got to be more, more judicious than that no just you know like you said just do do what you guys have been doing so um so yeah i, th- I think it's all just you know I, i've got as a fan i've got nerves and you know like like i'm i'm sure the players have much bigger nerves than i do the fan but <laughs> um but uh I, I don't know i'm just i'm really excited i'm i'm planning to uh not go out to dinner uh, i'm traveling right now i'm gonna just go back to my hotel room and lock down as soon as possible to watch uh to watch the game um, which is hard because it's six o'clock central time so I'd normally be working at that time, but um I'll hopefully be able to, to be able to make it work.
1: You got it, Frank. You can do this. I believe in you, and Bucks fans around around the world believe in you as well. You you absolutely got this. So, uh, all right, let's do. Yeah, let's do some over unders. Let's finish up some of the individual ones, and that should be our podcast for the day. I, I think we kind of touched on, um, you know, exactly what we're what we're looking at here. And um, before I do that, the lines that I'm about to set you probably can't find here because they're just made up stupid lines for this game, uh, in for this podcast because we like to do this. But a place where you can find real lines. Is my bookie? My bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKED ON twenty five to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKEDON25. It's up to you guys, but you know, you can probably wait until after dinner and grab some of that extra money. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie. Now, uh, to some of those lines that will not exist at my bookie, uh, we need to hit some of the individual over-unders that we have sent for this season. And we're going to start with a batch of Giannis over-unders, Giannis specific over-unders. And I guess we will go with, uh, points first, um, and this is something that I've been kind of thinking about um, in all sincerity and all honesty, Frank. And I sort of started to record this last night and Frank couldn't believe that I did not uh, auto inflate my, my own lines. So, you know what, Frank, since I get another chance at this, we're going to inflate, inflate some lines. Uh, Giannis last year averaged 26.9 points per game and I think I'm going to inflate that 26.9 to let's go with 27 and a half points. Are you going to take the over or the under there? Maybe I should have gone even higher, but I'm just want to, I just want to get a little bit in there to make it just slightly harder on you. 27 and a half points per game for Giannis Tadokounmpo this season.
0: Ah, well, I think I think the general logic is, and we talked about how I felt more confident in Giannis. I know this is going to be one of our next topics, but I felt more confident in Giannis' assists going up than his points, um, just because, again, I, I don't know if necessarily he needs to score more points for this Bucs team to be successful, um, and I think he will play fewer minutes. However, um, I think they're also going to play at a faster pace, so they'll get you know more possessions per game. Um, and you know one thing that... Um, we were talking about offline and then, you know, I, I know I, kind of looked at the shot charts and and then you included it in your athletic story today, um, was his shot distribution. And, you know, he basically flipped his shot distribution from last year, 24% of his shots being outside, uh, the paint, but two pointers. So, you know, again, um, what, what did you call them? Analytics dead, dead zones or something like that. Um, something, something like that. Um, I think it's a good way to describe it. Um, And 10% threes to in this preseason, 10% dead zone shots and 24% threes. And so I kind of just did some like quick back of the envelope. I mean, if you basically like applied that redistribution to last season, just using his percentages that he shot. And again, he was 34% on those dead zone shots, which makes them especially bad because he was, you know, even if you're a good shooter on those, you're going to be below average efficiency. Even if you're like a 45% shooter, that's not great. Um, and he was only obviously 31% from three. Um, So again, those threes are worth a lot more than 34%, right? It's one and a half times. So it's like 45, 46% from three. So if you just flip the, val- the, basically the weightings on that, you'd average almost an extra point per game just by basically kind of changing your shot profile. Um, and again, you're not talking about adding more shots, right? So it's more, you know, just pure kind of Free efficiency, I guess you could argue um so I, I think that's what um that's kind of that's the way I would think about it so I think there's there's definitely at least a free point to be had um in in just basically being smarter in the way he plays you wrote about him playing more from the middle of the court, which I think helps him both as a passer and scorer so um I, I'll say he does have more more you know an improvement in his scoring from where he is now, and again ultimately you know the thing we always come back to every year Giannis gets better. Every year, he scores more points. Um, you know, the one of the, the only a handful of guys to improve his scoring by four points per game every year of his career over. You know, he's going into his sixth year now. So, I don't know if he's going to get to thirty-one this year. Um, but that he have another point uh, in him per game. Man, I'm not going to bet against Giannis at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I think that what kind of makes it interesting for me is uh, I, I think both of us believe the Bucks are going to. Pl- play at a faster pace this year last year they were i think around 20th or so in pace i think we're gonna see that pace pick up so that helps out uh you're gonna see him have more space so that helps out uh you're gonna see him uh be in the middle of the floor a little bit more as you mentioned like i wrote about at the athletic wisconsin today that you know like i think all those things help out quite a bit the only negative you have going in the opposite direction is that uh he's not gonna play the insane amount of minutes that he played uh last which you know as as you're trying to figure out how much does three minutes a night I I don't know how how much lower it'll go um but you know how much are three minutes a night worth to a guy that scores as much as he did um and and that's kind of the tough part of this balance where I'm like you know what maybe that makes me feel like the under but I agree I betting against Giannis is a a silly thing and also I'm not sure something that I'd want to see like I but Unless the the under of twenty six going picking the under on twenty seven and a half points means like eight assists or something, then I think I I could be okay uh, cheering for that under. Um, But you know, I I think you just want to keep seeing him improve year over year, and he's done that to this point in his career. And I I will take the over as well. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this Bucks offense. Obviously Giannis is, is in the center of all of that. So uh let's let's both take the over there. All right, let's move to assists. He had four point eight assists per game last year. You've already told me over. that you are over. You, you are bullish. I'm gonna move that line up to five and a half. Still over. going over?
0: Over. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to think he's gonna be at least in the in the sixes, I would guess. Um you know, again, I I think um and, and you're you know, your story today, not to keep, keep har- Well, I'm sure you don't mind me harping on the story. You wrote today for <laughs> The athletic Wisconsin. Um, but you know, 40% I,
1: off code right now, if you want it,
0: what, what's the 40% off code.
1: It is the com slash tip off 40. And that would be the way that you could find that code. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore name. And you can find that, that code to get it 40% off, which takes it to 299 a month for the next year.
0: And I think, there may even be a locked-on code floating around somewhere. Or there was at some point. I think there might. Yeah, no dunked-on has a, had a code. They, just like type in random podcast names into the athletic <laughs> and, and you get discount code. Um, don't pay Eric full price for for his writing. Just don't do that. You don't have to do that. Um, just pay him something. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I just I just think with him operating from the middle of the court, with them spreading the court the way they are. Um, you know adding the shooting at the big spots with lopez and Ilyasova. um i just i just think he's going to average a crap ton of assists um so i, <laughs> I again like if you had said it is a, that
1: official is that an yeah, official number yeah, for, me, for me yeah
0: a metric shit ton ton <laughs> um i think uh i think the if you had said it at 7 i would Start to be like eh, I don't know, wow. But I would not be shocked even if he was in the sevens. It, honestly, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I, I think probably sixes is where I would guess to put it at this point. Um, but but really, I mean, again, it's like kind of one of these things. Like th- this is one of these kind of litmus tests of the offense. Like how much is it going to change? I think Giannis's is Giannis assist numbers to me are probably even more a, a more interesting reflection of the new offensive style than even his scoring, right? Because I think like. You can know, roll the ball out and he's gonna score mid to high twenties, you know, like that that to me isn't as big of a a difference necessarily, but um just the gravity he's gonna have, um, I just think they're gonna do a much better job of, of leveraging that. So I, I don't I don't know if anything would surprise me. And I'm for I for one am am really welcoming back the idea of of the Giannis triple double watch. Um I think we've only had like a couple of the last two years, or like two or three the last. Vegas two years.
1: line is two uh, and a half for the season.
0: Yeah, I'll pound that over pound
1: that over. <laughs> just for just for our friends that who may, you know, may be interested. I don't know. I, I'm not that type of person. I cannot gamble on the NBA. Um, but, you know, if you would be interested, um, if you are that type of person, two and a half is the line for Giannis triple doubles. So I believe if I have you correctly, Frank, that's 28 points per game and over six assists per game. Is Do I have that right?
0: Yeah. What did you say? 27 and a half was the over under So I'll say over 27 and a half, um, definitely over five and a half. And in practice, I'll say, yeah, 28 plus and, and definitely six plus.
1: So 28 and six seasons have been done 36 times. They've been done by Tiny Archibald, Gilbert Arenas, Rick Barry, Larry Bird, Steph Curry, Richie Guerin, James Harden, John Havlicek, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, who has four of them. Uh, James Harden has three of them as well. Sorry, Larry Bird, three of them as well. Uh, Michael Jordan has three of them. Oscar Robertson had eight of them. Uh, Dwayne Wade had one. Jerry West had three and Russell Westbrook had two. Um, So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty special company. Um, But, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. And like, like if the, if the pace gets moving, they put them in the middle of the floor, they let him make these plays. Um, You know, they space the floor, they keep shooting threes. Like I, I think I got to take the over as well at, at five and a half assists where that again puts me in a spot where, you know, you're looking at a, a 28 and six type season from, from Giannis. And um I think this leads us perfectly into our final Giannis question. Giannis over under two and a half for his MVP finish. So that means,
0: can I I ask you a quick question? Do you have that list still up of the, the yes. What's the most rebounds of any of those guys? Was it, was it Oscar? Like there weren't really, those are all generally like guards and wings, right? Like Oscar had a
1: 12 and a half Westbrook obviously had the triple double season. Uh, Larry Bird had a 10 and a half, Uh, uh, Oscar for three more Larry bird at 9.3 and 9.2 and then have a check at nine James Harden at 8.1 in the 1617 season
0: yeah this is something I find interesting I mean you know we mentioned Giannis in the preseason averaged 17 rebounds per 36 minutes um, and I think it's gonna be really interesting to see kind of how um, how his numbers there are evolved because I mean again the the Budenholzer teams don't re- don't defensive rebound well, but, I mean, in this case, it's not really like, oh, is Mike Budenholzer going to teach him how to be a better defensive rebounder? Really, it's more about, like, schemes, right? Yeah. And kind of what you're trying to do. And I think especially with Brooke Lopez, I mean, we've talked about him. how He's a guy who just really looks to box out. And I think especially with, you know, the new coaching staff, one of their big points of emphasis is, you know, get the ball to Giannis as soon as possible. And there's no kind of faster way to do that than to have Giannis just grab the rebound. Um, so I think it's... I- I'm actually... I'm getting a little bit giddy here, Eric, just thinking about the possibility of Giannis grabbing like, you know, 12.4 rebounds per game or something, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Um, but I don't know, again, like nothing would really surprise me um, because, because again, obviously um, things are gonna be different this year. Um, and, and so we'll see, we'll see if maybe that, that might be another piece of it.
1: Yeah. I. I it, what's kind of interesting to me is like, you have a couple different like theories or like, Different, strange, quirky things working together here because, you know, you have like the Lopez brother theory about, you know, boxing out and uh, them not grabbing a lot of defensive rebounds, but other guys swooping in and doing that. And, you know, you mentioned Eric Bledsoe grabbing, I think, 10 and a half rebounds per 36 or something like that. in in the preseason so you you have that and you have uh, Dante DiVincenzo flying around for rebounds like you just have all of those guards kind of helping out and I'm just really curious to see kind of what happens because when I brought up defensive rebounding to Boone Mike Booneholzer today he was like we've been terrible the defensive rebounding team like uh we, we have to get way better in that regard. And we did kind of talk about like the Brooke Lopez stuff. And, you know, like that was kind of the way that Russell Westbrook got his triple double season. <laughs> like like we, we all remember, you know, him grabbing like free throw assist, or free throw rebounds and Steven Adams, just like boxing people out because he's a monster and just being like, whatever, I'll just hit this dude. Cause that's more fun to me than grabbing a rebound. Like Russell can grab it and then start the fast break. Like, and again, you like you said, the easiest way to get a fast break going is to have the ball in Giannis' hands, and the easiest way to do that is for him to grab the rebound. So, I I think there, like, when you combine all of those things, like, there is kind of that that perfect setting for Giannis to do the Westbrook, where you know, like, that's how the Thunder start fast breaks: is Westbrook soars in for a rebound and then just blasts up, blasts off up the floor. Like th- the Bucks, I could see doing a lot of that. And I think it's gonna be really interesting. And yeah, that number could end up being really high for Giannis um as far as rebounds go this year, which if it is, and the assists are high and the points are high, means that he's gonna be in the MVP conversation. So I'm gonna ask you, Frank, two and a half for the MVP finish. Is Giannis over or under that? So that either means he's the MVP. Or the runner-up at MVP, I feel like I should have made this one and a half to make you choose whether or not he'd be MVP, but that felt a little bit unfair.
0: Well, I'm. I, I don't want to. I'm. I'm. I'm taking a lot of optimism into a lot of my picks uh, over these these two podcasts on the over unders. So I, I feel like I would need to pump the brakes at some point anyway. I'm, I would not project that Giannis is going to win the MVP just because, again, even if Giannis, and a lot of smart people are saying, you know, Zach Lowe among them had Giannis mm-hmm. sort of as his like wild prediction, you know, his 37, what, what do you call them? Wild predictions or just crazy predictions or just whatever? Bold predictions, um, maybe? I'm bold sure. predictions, yeah. He had Giannis MVP bucks, drumroll, third in the East. So that was fun, um, and then, uh, but but yeah, but it, it's one thing to say that Giannis might, you know, some people saying Giannis is their pick to win MVP, but I don't think that means that people are saying he has a fifty-one percent or better chance at being MVP. I think it just means out of a whole bunch of guys, you know, he's the most likely, right? So it's a plurality thing, and so I think you know when you look at it from an over/under perspective, I'm you know I definitely wouldn't take the over an uh, or yes, the over, uh, in saying that he's, he's m- more likely than not to win MVP. Um, I think two and a half is a good line. Um, I think narrative wise, I think the guys who are kind of like make the most sense to me to be in the conversation are Giannis Kawhi and Anthony Davis, just because all of those guys are kind of single superstars. Um, and I, I guess LeBron would, you know, you can easily throw LeBron into that mix as well because he's LeBron and he's in LA and it's a fun narrative if they're good. Um, so maybe you say it's four. So I, I think it's going to be hard because, again, like, you know, depending on what happens, Kawhi's team is is probably the best overall. Um, you know, again, I don't think Kawhi's numbers are going to be as good as any of those three other guys just because he, de- first off, he doesn't, he doesn't create Um and you know, and even though he's a great defend, defender, like you know, I think it's the statistics maybe hurt him a little bit, right? It's a little harder to see his dominance. Um, AD obviously also obviously not a creator, but he does all those other defensive things that are more easily measurable in terms of like blocks and rebounds and steals. So um, I'll say, um, man, I was kind of leaning to saying over just because I think he has a very good chance at being first or second. Um, but why don't I be the pessimist? Because I think feel like you're going to take the, the the positive spin on this, I'll say he finishes third, um, so you can say that he wins or finishes second. Um, am I am I guessing correctly that that's the way you're you're going to be leaning?
1: Yes, it is. You are correct, and uh, I'm anti
0: Giannis. Everybody's already known.
1: (laughs) We we've always known that that you would just turn on Giannis, and here you are, uh, the turncoat that you are. And I guess, um,
0: but you know, by the way, and you know what? Like I'm already like kind of talking myself out of it, but I think the Bucks are going to be better than the Pelicans, and I'm not. I'm not really sold on the Lakers being really that like really good like I don't think 50 wins is like any type of guarantee for them. So you could almost argue that like you know, if Giannis's team is better than, you know, if the Bucks are better than the Lakers and Pelicans then he really has a great chance to be, you know, to to be in that mix for MVP. Well, um, why don't you let me do that, Frank? Okay. Cuz I I do would
1: that. be more than happy to do so because the way that I was going to approach this was to me similar in in the way that you approach the bucks and offensive rating and defensive rating last night, but in offensive rating, you're like, okay, well, if you have these teams above, like, you know, how is he, how how is the team going to finish in that spot? And to me, that's kind of what I look at with MVP because when I'm looking at the MVP voting, I, I think Harden had his year like as as i think through how much uh how much people don't like his game i would be pretty shocked if he could win back-to-back mvps like that seems to me to me it seems unlikely um i, I just can't imagine that being the case and again maybe maybe it would be but uh, seems unlikely uh, you look at the guys from the warriors I I don't think they've really picked up votes. Uh Durant is kind of just in his his narrative purgatory, I suppose, where he just like can't really win and no one can really give him credit for stuff because they don't like what he did. Uh also that disqualifies Steph Curry. Then you're looking at LeBron. Um if, if the Lakers are incredible and LeBron has an amazing season, there's a chance that he would he would get himself another MVP, but you know, you have to factor in voter fatigue. You have to factor in just kind of the idea that that's generally not what, what people like to vote as. And also the real possibility that the Lakers aren't incredibly good this season in a very difficult Western conference. And then I think next on the list, another guy would be Kawhi Leonard. And I think people are going to find it really tough to vote for him when he no showed his team last year. Like, there's just and again this is I think the m v p can largely be narrative based and um knowing writers as I do, I don't know if they're gonna be the most forgiving of a guy who uh betrayed the franchise that everyone beloves most um, like this is that would be the way to spin fairly or not, I think that would be the way many writers could could feel feel comfortable spinning it and then. When you go to that Boston team, they're going to win a bunch of games. But who's their MVP candidate? I I don't know who you pick out of that. they don't have one. So they don't have one. So um, I'm looking at Jimmy Butler resurrecting his career somewhere else. Um, I'm looking at Westbrook. Um, I'm looking at Westbrook never winning it again. Embiid maybe with the Sixers, like the Sixers would have to be really good though, um, and even there, I don't know if if you can feel comfortable doing it. So like if you just kind of chop down all the narratives, there's always another player, there's always some wart, there's always there's always something in the narrative that can keep this person from winning MVP. And with Giannis, you have none of those. Uh, Giannis is just pretty much beloved. Uh, Giannis is the clear best player on his team. Uh, Giannis has a chance to kind of, uh, however, you, he can be in many ways like an evolutionary player for people as he really pushes the, the no position stuff to a brand new level. Uh, he could be leading his team's to a playoff run. Uh, he could be leading his team to 50 plus wins. Uh, he could be breaking free of the shackles of Jason Kidd, Um, like all of these things. And as you kind of add it all up, I I just feel like from a narrative perspective, if, if Giannis can play well, like there's a lot there for, for voters to like. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable going with the over there for him to finish first or second, uh, in MVP voting.
0: I hope you're right. Let's hope I lose this one. Um, and uh, and again, I mean, like, I, I think sort of from a consistency standpoint, you know, like if we're betting that it's hashtag team 50 wins and, you know, he's on average 28, 12 and six or something like that. He's going to be in the mix for, MVP for yes, sure. Yes, he is. Um, and it's probably just going to be, you know, a matter of does anybody else. Can anybody else trump it with just an even more incredible season? Because certainly those are MVP caliber numbers in in any normal
1: year. All right, let's move on to Chris Middleton. He averaged 20.1 points per game last season. Um, As you did the math on Giannis, I think you would more than happily do the math again on Chris Middleton and change up his shot profile a little bit. We've seen him do some of that in the preseason. So I'm going to put the number at... 21 points per game are you going over under 21 points per game for chris middleton this upcoming season
0: that's a good question you know I think he's a guy who um the shot chart is is the shot chart effect is would also be pretty pretty significant just because uh, again um you know if he can increase his his threes by um, a significant amount uh, and especially given how sort of two-point dependent he is on the flip side, he's actually a great mid-range shooter. So obviously it's, it's not like quite the disaster, yep. him taking a mid-range jumper, um, versus Giannis, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's a trade-off we've talked about forever. Um, so there's definitely probably something to be had there. Um, but man, it, it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I, just, part of me just like mentally is like, I took the slight under last year on 20 points per game, if I remember correctly, or at some point we talked about that. I, I thought he would probably end up just, just shy of 20 points per game. Um, and so it's a little weird, right? Because even though, I mean, like, it's just a raw number, there's nothing magical about 20 versus 19.8 or anything like that. Um, it, it's just weird. I, I had to get used to the idea of Chris Middleton being a 20-point-per-game score, and to be <laughs> an even higher score um, also just seems like, man, is he is he really going to be a 21-point-per-game score? Um, but I think certainly, I mean, you know, if you talk about like the way this offense is going to run and the way it's going to encourage shots... I think there's a good argument that, yeah, I mean, why not? Why can't he argue it? Um, or why can't he average more? I mean, really, unless you're going to say that he's just not going to play enough minutes, that's probably, again, kind of like Giannis. That's that's one of the main trade offs, maybe, is, is just his minutes going down. Um, but damn, I just, even the shot chart stuff, like that just seems like it should be kind of part of the easy math. Although I, I feel a lot less conviction about it, but uh, I guess I'll take the over.
1: I think I'm taking the under. And I don't, which is kind of a, a surprise, I know, as I'm I'm thought of by most as a Middleton Stan. Um, but I think I'm going to take the under, and I think a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, Giannis is going to see fewer minutes, but he's still one of the five best players in the league like chris is going to see fewer minutes and he's one of like the 30 best players in the league so i like i think it might be a little bit more significant uh for him to to kind of see that bump go down and then that, like like you said like the math will help but i don't know if it's going to be quite as extreme as Giannis's math and then i just think things could be really easy for Giannis. And if it's really easy for Giannis, I mean, obviously that means a a fewer less opportunities for Chris. That means a fewer uh, less shots on the tough shot express. Um, Like, I just feel like there's, there's maybe just slightly less um, opportunity there for Chris. And I, I think this could be like a season where he just puts up ridiculous percentages where he does flirt with like a, like a ninety, I don't know if he could ever do a fifty. Um, just because I don't know if he gets the room enough, but maybe he does. Like, may, like I, I could just see this being like his three point form kind of bounces back. But also, that makes me want to say the over. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go. To, I'm going to take the under. I just don't feel quite comfortable enough for it. But I don't feel a whole lot of conviction for it. Um, all right, I got two more for you, Frank, and we're going to go with instead of over unders you are going to pick one and it's between two players and it's kind of us thinking about rotations and how things work. Um, so we're going to start on the wing and I would like you to pick who has more total minutes at the end of the season, Dante DiVincenzo or Tony Snell. And for the record, uh, Tony Snell had 2,053 minutes last season.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no way I, I don't think there's any way either of these guys gets gets that number of minutes just because I think there's just, I think the Bucks have too many guys in, in these spots because again it's not just Dante it's you know Pat Connaughton being in the mix now it's Sterling Brown being in the mix and you know hopefully getting a more of a chance to, to be a part of this um, you know a year ago I mean. You know, Jason Terry was still getting minutes. You know, Rashad Vaughn didn't get many minutes, but yep. you know, at the beginning of the season, we were like, "Oh, does Rashad Vaughn like get get part, <laughs> part of this equation?" Um, and so I think that you know, kind of speaks to um, you know some of the improvements in the depth uh, on the wing, which I, I think you know is an encouraging thing. It's it's going to be more competition for Tony. Um, I, I think the thing I struggle with here is um, so I, you know a, a couple of things at play. One divincenzo being kind of teacher's pet uh being a guy that obviously but <laughs> wanted in the draft and having you know clearly played a fair bit in the preseason um clearly right now like you know who's going to play more in the first you know week of the season <sighs> i guess probably dante divincenzo right like that that certainly seems like, like yeah. what kind of direction we're going in um i think the question though is you know what what's more likely over the course of um, you know, a full season. Uh, and I think one other piece of this too is, you know, if, if Tony is backing up the um, I, I kind of go back and forth with that. Cause one thing is like, well, Tony, Tony seems like he's more of like the, the backup small forward at this point. Um, but there's also not a lot of minutes of small forward anyway, with Chris Middleton there. Yep. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to see how it plays out. So, I'm not a believer in in Dante Divincenzo having like a very productive rookie year. So I think if it w- if it was like not Budenholzer and what we know about him and Divincenzo, I think this would be an easy an easy thing for me to take Snell just because it kind of makes more sense. Um, but uh, man, I think basically what I'm factoring in is like does Divincenzo hit a wall? Like does his you know shooting struggles mm-hmm. catch up to him? Um, does he kind of fall out of favor with Bud at some point? I don't know. I'm gonna go teacher's pet, and and again, I I if it was just me and saying like who would I trust more this season, I would say Tony Snell. But um, I think again, teacher's pet. I'll I'll say Dante Divincenzo. You know, again, just based on this preseason, he's gotten into the game first a bunch of times. He's played a bunch. Obviously, they're trying to get him reps as well. So that's maybe a little bit of a rationale beyond just wanting to play him that, that many minutes. Um, but yeah, I guess. Oh God, am I really gonna go Dante Divincenzo? I, Guess I am.
1: Yeah, and I and I think why it's interesting is because both of us were on the lower side of things as we were projecting Dante Divincenzo and thinking about him, and obviously now we've kind of seen Mike Budenholzer really like him. And that makes things uh, a little bit more interesting. I think my hope is, and I shouldn't say hope because I don't, I don't want Dante Divincenzo to fail. But it, my hope in this projection and this prediction is, you know, that the rookie wall is real. Um, I, I feel pretty confident in that. And you know, I think at some point, you know, maybe all of those those little things become a little bit harder to do. For DiVincenzo, the, the soaring rebounds and, uh, rim protection, I guess, or whatever weird stuff Dante does. Um, maybe that becomes a little bit more difficult and Tony Snell, obviously a professional for, uh, five, six years now. It's been a little while. Um, you know, the, he's he's more ready for all of that and, and he can handle all of that. So I'm going to take Tony Snell, but it's just slightly over uh, for Tony Snell. Like, not not by a heck of a lot. Um, all right, let's move to the back end of the roster. This is our last one. And it is uh, spurred on because of uh, a Twitter beef between, um, I, I can't remember what Dan Schaefer calls, whatever, Thonmaker, Thonmaker Island. And I'd i don't know what the christian wood one is either but uh, christian woodlands oh the woodlands of course um that's a good one two two very different locales um I think, or- I
0: think i think Thonmaker lives on an isthmus okay because it's like a long kind of narrow strip yeah, of land i, I think I that's like pretty that, good i feel like that accurately um kind of captures thon um so the thon isthmus <laughs> <laughs> what For, a terrible word to pick. I can't even say it. It's really dope. Thonmaker ish uh a- against the Christian Woodlands. Um So, so I guess yeah.
1: are the Bucks gonna spend more time on the Thonmaker ish Smith, or are they gonna spend more time it's, in the Christian Woodlands? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I mean, I gotta say true to my brand, right? I um, yes you I, do. I, 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 I mean it would be I mean, I, I can't, like, I can't bet against Giannis, even though I kind of did on the MVP thing, but, (laughs) um, betting against Giannis and, uh, betraying Christian Wood against Thon Maker, I mean, if I don't believe in Christian Wood over Thon Maker, how can I expect anyone else to? So, um, I will, um, I will pack up my family, um, sell all my, my other belongings, um, and, and book a, book a trip to, uh. Actually, not even book a trip. I think I think you get to the Christian Woodlands by stagecoach. It's very old timey (laughs) there. So, um, so yeah, I will I will head that way, and uh, and that'll be that'll be where I'm going to be. What about you?
1: I think this one's really interesting because you know, as we've talked about, like Thon is a pretty bad basketball player. He's proven it for two years. Like he's he's a bad basketball player, and then he's had two really good playoffs, and now. It's tough to really get a read for you know what he is or, or what he could be because you know like he he had a good scrimmage and he got to play in the preseason the first preseason game and like generally fine um, but you know he's missed out on some time he's put himself in, in a difficult position and I, I'm genuinely curious like how close is he to ready like can he go um, tomorrow night or I guess tonight at this point, but can he go Wednesday night? I, I don't, I don't know. And you know, like the longer, the longer you're on the sidelines, the harder it is to catch someone else in a battle for minutes. And, you know, at this point, Christian Wood keeps proving himself. And if that holds true, then, you know, if he gets a chance to the third center, he'll prove himself again. And then all of a sudden Thumbmaker's minutes kind of disappear. Um So yeah, I, I, I go on.
0: Yeah, I think the the other dimension of this that that is that might be relevant when you talk about, you know, a couple of guys who aren't gonna play, or at least, you know, again, you would hope that injuries wouldn't require them to play a ton, um, would be just sort of like positional versatility and sort of, you know, kind of usability at like are they like a one position player or can they be multiple position players? Um I mean we've talked a lot about how Thun really can't play power forward, or at least like if you do that, there's gonna be major sacrifices especially offensively um now you could argue that defensively he'd be much better off there just because he's not going to get out muscled as much and you're not going to i guess rely on him as much from a rebounding perspective um but you know again just offensively especially you know when we talk about like how more people need to be able to do more things in buds offense i mean that certainly works against thon because i mean he's a guy who has a hard time even catching a basketball so um (laughs) I I think, you know, again, like the idea that like Wood, I think, can more, you know, he can more capably, I think, play power forward if needed. Um, He's obviously, you know, I mean, obviously both Thon and and Wood like bring sacrifices, you know, due to their lack of bulk if they're playing center, probably less so against a lot of, you know, especially second units in in the current day and age. Um, But I think Wood does bring a little bit more versatility there. Like, I, I think you feel a little bit better about putting, you know, Wood out there Um, like if Giannis is on the bench and and you throw Wood out there with a traditional big man, I think I'm a lot more comfortable with that than putting Thawne out. Like Wood and Henson makes me a lot less nervous than like Thawne and Henson, just because I feel like Thawne and Henson is just like, there's just no like dribble pass skill there. And again, not that Wood is like some dynamo, but again, he can can at least catch basketball. Um, (laughs) so I, 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 will, I will, I'll go Wood and, and again, it's not purely a, um, A staying true to my guy type thing. It's also just partly because I think there is a little bit more versatility, which, again, in the grand scheme of like, is he a better player? You know, maybe it helps him a little bit, right? Like, versatility is always better. Um, But I think, especially for the Bucks specifically, like, again, like, would you be shocked if Urson misses 15 or 20 games with random injuries? No, I mean, that that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, And in the scenario like that, you know, I think would probably just is easier to slot in as a backup than than a guy like Thon.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I asked Mike Boonholzer a somewhat similar question today where it was like, you know, what positions do you feel christian wood plays and he like kind of like looked at me so i kept going i was like you know because sometimes i think four sometimes i think five maybe is small as three and then that's when he cut me off he's like well, i would stop at four um and i was like thank god um but he he said like four or five is kind of where that would look like what you would look like for him and i'd be curious i've never really had a chance to ask that question with Thon because I so much believe that he he can't be a power forward. And I mean, I think that speaks to kind of what Thon is in what Christian Wood is where, you know, Christian Wood may not have a position, but that also means that he may be able to play four and he may be able to play five where Thon I think very clearly has a position. Uh, he just might not be very good at that position. <laughs> like, he's a five, but he might not be good at being a five. Um, so I do think you're, if uh, I think I, I do probably lean christian wood on this one um but I, I it is just a really interesting question because uh Thonmaker in the minutes that he's been a useful nba player which came in the playoffs um he did it as a switching big man and we haven't seen this this bucks defense switch I- anything Uh, They, they've probably switched sometimes on like an ATO or something, but there isn't a lot there. Uh, And if that's the case, then, you know, there isn't a lot of opportunity for thought makers. So um, I think, I think you can be okay with going to the Christian Woodlands uh, on that one. I will do the same. All right, Frank, that's it for over-unders. The next time I will be talking to you will be from a hotel room in Charlotte, North Carolina. I very much look forward to it. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast. A reminder that today's episode was brought to you by MyBookie, and over at MyBookie, use the promo code Locked On Twenty Five. That is the promo code over at MyBookie. So for Frank Men, I'm Eric. Name this man Locked On Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.